Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Larry Ball, former Miami Dolphin. I'm listening to the Fantasy Justice Show. I'm Arturo Freeman, former NFL player, defensive back, and I listen to the Fantasy Gesture. This is Pat Sertan, and you're listening to the Fantasy Gesture Show. Know your role and shut your mouth because the people's champ is ready to talk. And you know damn well who he's talking about. You know exactly who he's talking about. The people's champ, folks. That is I. I am the Fantasy Gesture. Another great show tonight. We are so excited here tonight. As we bring tonight's show to you, as always, from beautiful Deland, Florida, where it's currently 84 degrees, absolutely beautiful, beautiful night here. Hope it's just as nice wherever you are tonight. Boy, I tell you, if we've got a show, if you've got a young lady anywhere near you or, or a friend of yours, tonight is the night that you want them to listen Get a hold of them. There's plenty of time. The show's an hour and a half long. We've got an edition. It's the Women's Power Edition tonight. And I'll tell you, you're going to have some interesting guests. One of them, we've already had her on the air. Sarah Kelly, our resident medical expert, has, you know, had me actually at this point, and this is what's great about Sarah Kelly, is that she is the direct reason why Matthew Berry no longer takes my tweets. And uh, I guess he's so threatened that I actually have a real medical expert uh, as compared to a physical therapist. And uh, Sarah Kelly will be joining us tonight. Tonight we're going to talk, you know, one of the most common, one of the most common injuries that you hear about in baseball is Tommy John surgery. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. I've got a couple of questions for Sarah regarding that. But the newest injury that we have heard of in baseball, uh, it just sounds like it's going to be, you know, it's something major, is Matt Harvey's thoracic outlet syndrome. And uh, I had never heard of this before. It's a, it's a first for me. And, uh, you know, what is it? How do they fix it? We're going to find out tonight, Sarah Kelly, she's going to be on. Also tonight, we're going to talk a little about WWE. Uh, they just had the draft, and now, to, you know, tomorrow they're going to have the uh, pay-per-view event. We're looking forward to that. And what we're going to do is JT is going to join me tonight, as always. My esteemed colleague, Jason Townsend, you can find him on Twitter along with me. I'm at fantasy underscore jester, and he is at Fez437, both on Twitter, folks. More than glad to answer your questions, join in the discussion at any time. All week long, all day long, we're talking sports on there, so join us there. Love to hear from you. I'm going to talk to JT. Uh, Joey Cage isn't going to be with us tonight. Uh, He wrote an article recently regarding the pay-per-view and his predictions and uh, JT and I are going to discuss that tonight and what you can expect on tomorrow's battleground. You know, I, I want we'll go ahead and talk a little bit just briefly. I, I want to say congrats to uh, Ken Griffey jr. And Mike Piazza. 
definitely want to talk about that real quick. Uh, I personally, I'm at the point, how much longer to football? Has this been like the longest off season ever? I mean, is it me? I don't know. Uh, I just, and now the newest thing here with uh, Le'Veon Bell, possibly going to be suspended. Not sure. He, uh, not that he failed the drug test, but he just, he didn't go take it. Screw it. I'm not going. I'm fucking. No, I guess it's because he's uh, fighting uh, part of uh, the suspension and all that. He's, it's legal crap. And I guess he felt because he's fighting it, he doesn't have to go. It's terrible if you got him. And JT is already, I mean, JT is on record as going as this guy is just poison for your for your fantasy team. So we've got that. And then to wrap up the show tonight, folks, we're going to bring you Jenna Hurt. Jenna Hurt, skateboarder, entrepreneur, and trailblazer. Now, Jenna shares her amazing stories and travels all over the world. You know, she's bringing skateboarding to young girls in areas you'd never imagine. This is, this is what I'm talking about. This is one woman with one passion. She's taking that passion and she's bringing it literally all over the world for girls who have never had it before. Amazing what one person can do if you put your mind to something, how you can change people's lives all over the world. Doesn't matter. You know, people tell you it's a man's world. Ladies out there that are listening, okay, there's no better way to say it, okay? That is bull. That is bull crap from day one. Anybody who tells any young woman out there, no, you can't walk away. There's nothing you can't do. Don't anybody tell you different. One of the things I'm going to get into real quick on tonight's rant <clears throat> doesn't have to pertain to sports. It has to pertain to America in general, folks. You know, I'm a former construction guy. That's my background. I got out of it because of the American worker today. I currently have a client that we're doing work for, lovely people, did work for them 10 years ago, called me back to do another building for them. I'm not crazy about it. I wanted to be out of construction, but they're beautiful people. And I, all right, fine, no problem. So I'm going to put together a couple of guys. So I think. I literally at one point have put on 10 different guys for one simple job. The one day I put on four guys one guy, $200 for the day, and the other three, because they were ba- just regular laborers, walking around, picking up crap off the ground. $100 for the day, eight-hour day. Hired four guys. Not one of the four was man enough to show up the next day at work. This is the society we have today, because we live in a society that you can go ahead Get free house, free electric, free food, a phone, and whatever else, health care and everything, and you don't have to do a damn thing 
for it. This is the world we live in. Now, here's the craziest part when I tell you this. It's going to be a short rant tonight, folks, because I, I, we got a fantastic show. The craziest part is in Yellowstone National Park, there is a sign by the federal government that says, do not feed the bears. The bears will stop hunting for themselves. Things that make you go, hmm. You don't want to feed the bears because they'll stop hunting for themselves. But you'll give a frigging human everything possible so they don't want to do a damn thing. Come on. We got to change this, folks. This has got to change. We're producing one hell of a lazy-ass society. Absolutely awful. You know, as I go ahead, I'm getting ready to bring in young women, Sarah Kelly, Jenna Hurt, who have busted their ass to get where they're going so that other people, okay, one of the things, these young women, as they're doing that, they're doing things that other people aren't doing. They're paying taxes so that they can support their families and three families down the block. Enough. That's my rant for today. Like I said, we have way too good of a show. I, I really looking forward to each and every one of our guests talking about the WWE, all of it. It's just a great show tonight. We are brought to you by Fantasy Jester Sports. Um, don't forget, we have two other shows Wednesday night. We have the FXE Live. Don't want to miss that. Our great, great, brand new wrestling show. Already, I mean, already a popular show. I have to admit, I'm very proud of that, at the idea that we just put the show out there and it's that popular. Then we also have, on Thursday nights, the Gridiron Guys. That's JT and I. Fantastic show. 7 o'clock Eastern. All football. Fantasy football. Regular football. Just straight football. Don't want to miss that. Folks, as I get ready to bring in my next guest, okay, I have to, I'd be remiss if I didn't at least give her some kind of an intro. further ado, our little MASH unit, straight from MASH, Orlando MASH, Sarah Kelly. Sarah, how are you tonight? Hey, Jester, what's up? I'm a little too young to know that reference, so I have no idea what you're talking about. Thank you so much, and you have a great night. It was great seeing you. Have a good night, everybody. (laughs) That was the world's shortest interview, folks. As uh, we now have Miss Kelly in the in studio, let's bring along my esteemed colleague. I couldn't do a darn thing, it feels like, without this man. Our walking encyclopedia sports. That's right, folks. The one. The only Jason Townsend. Jason, how are you tonight, sir? 
Jester, I'm doing great. Now, if she's too young to understand her reference, I know I'm way too young to understand that one on that song. So, you know, I just want to get that out there. Wow, you lying son of a gun. That is awful. That is absolutely terrible, folks. I, 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 you listen, everybody listening, go to Twitter right now. Go look at his picture and tell me that's a, not, not a damn lie. Fez437 on Twitter. Go there right absolutely. now. Absolutely. By all means, go check it out. <laughs> Please do. Uh, how you been, JT? How was your week, sir? Um, hot, humid, and uh, and very busy though. In uh, one week closer to uh, NFL season, so you know there's always something on the bright side to look at there. Oh my God, camps are starting to open next week. I mean, this is just fantastic. It's really time to go. Before well, you know, it, we'll be talking camps. Hall of Fame. Right, Hall of Fame, but let's also say we're going to be talking Hard Knocks soon, too. Always one of my favorite shows of the summer. Yeah, and JT, you're going to be, uh, thanks for bringing that up. JT, folks, is going to be the one making sure he's going to cover Hard Knocks for us uh, this year. He's going to uh, be talking about it on our episodes. More likely towards the Gridiron guys, JT, are you bringing it there or are you going to bring it for uh, Fantasy Justice Show? I mean, I can do both. You figure that HBO always puts that on Tuesday nights, so it really leaves us open to, uh, you know, either show or both. Yeah, yeah, maybe we'll put it on both and see how it is, see how time is. Once the season, especially once the season starts, uh, you know, we'll be talking about that Thursday game since we come on. Folks, again, we, uh, we're we going to come on Thursday night, 7 p.m. This way we lead you right into the game on Thursday nights. Uh, that's just going to be I can't wait for that to be able to discuss the game just before it goes on. But tonight, JT, we have Miss Kelly right here in studio to talk right. about the most. And the first thing, Sarah, we want to ask you about is the most common, it seems like a regular occurrence now, Tommy John surgery. Uh, could you go ahead, please? Tell us a little bit about why they have to do it, what they have to do to fix it. Yeah, sure. (laughs) So Tommy John surgery started um, with the famous pitcher, Tommy John. And um, what it is, is it's an injury of the ulnar collateral ligament of the elbow. So that's the inside ligament and ligaments connect bone to bone that attaches the ulna, which is one of your forearm bones to your humerus, which is your upper arm bone. With repetitive motion, you will get tiny tears, possible large tears, and that can really, really hurt. So what they do or what the pitcher will experience is as he's pitching that repetitive motion, he will start to have pain and not be able to throw as effectively. Now, uh, let me just ask you uh, real quick. Uh, you, you mentioned the tears. All right. Now, um, pretend I'm a moron. And That's if, not hard. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I like her. J, uh, JT, I was waiting. I see. I was expecting you to say that a little faster than Sarah, but Sarah uh, beat you <laughs> on the gun on that one. She has a hey, faster gesture. I, I her on this, by all means. She's sitting there with you, so it's more effective. Thanks. Thank you. No, but honestly, um, you're talking about these small tears. Now, 
does it does the tear occur in the middle of the ligament? Does it happen at the ends? Where where does the tear where does that happen? Yes, yes, and yes. It can happen anywhere. You're putting stress on an area um, after repetitive you know repetitive motion such as pitching, um, and that can cause small tears, which could lead to large tears. Or if you have enough force, it can just be one big large tear, and it's done. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, and then what do they do to fix it? So kind of similar to where, you know, we always hear of ACLs in the knee. Um, it's a stabilizer of the elbow, just like the ACL is a stabilizer in the knee. You've got to repair it. So normally um, you'll use a graft tendon, which is from a cadaver or a person who has since passed along. A person who no longer needs it. Yeah, a person okay. who went home. Yeah. Okay. Um, and they will drill holes into the distal end or the elbow end of the humerus and the proximal end or the elbow end of the ulna and weave that tendon graft through in a figure of eight form and then anchor it down. Sometimes if the original or um, auto tendon or the, your original ulnar collateral ligament is still there, they will even sew that part of the new tendon to the old tendon to give it a little more stability. Wow. All right. Now, what is, now what is the normal recovery on that normal recovery is normal for everybody tissue doesn't care if you're rich and famous popular athlete um, it's going to take time um, usually it will take about a year for somebody like you or me but a professional athlete may you know they're going to have the best team available they're going to maybe recover a little bit quicker but again um, from surgery to getting back com uh, competing competitively nine months because they've got to give that time to heal. It needs the scar down, and then they've got, you know, they're going to get weak during that time where they're waiting, so then they've got to get their range of motion back in the elbow as well as uh, the strength up in the arm when they're able to take their splint off. And the, now I've noticed some pitchers have had that surgery more than once. Is that just they that weakness or that maybe the surgery wasn't done well or well it's just a it's a forced injury or a repetitive use injury it's like the guys who tear their acls more than once if they get hit the right way it's going to tear again it's, it's doesn't matter right? yeah gotcha, gotcha. Still tissue. Sarah, Sarah, let me let me throw out a question at you so it seems like that injury the tommy john injury is much more prevalent now than let's say 20 years ago do you think anything for example guys are bigger stronger uh, putting more torque, you know, more uh, stress on that part of the body. Is that everything to do with that? You know, Jester and I talked about that uh, prior to the show. Um, he was saying, you know, back in the day that people were pitching 400 pitches per game, and now the guys are only pitching probably 100, 200. You know, I guess they don't make them like they used to. But uh, uh, our guys can't, you know, you can't just tell them suck it up, buttercup, because – they're, you know, they've got multi-million dollars on, on the line. Um, we talked about maybe it's a sidearm thing. If, if the guy's throwing more sidearm versus a traditional overhead pitch, mm. uh, it could be the force behind it. I was asking him, are, are these guys pitching a whole lot faster than the guys in the fifties? Um, I don't know. Yeah. And that was my biggest thing is, um, you know, JT knows my theory on it is that, you know, a long time ago, there was no such thing as a pitch count. And now we had a pitch count, and we're hearing this more and more. So I just thought maybe, you know, 
it builds up. If you throw more innings, it's just going to make your arm more stable. More, it's working those muscles, getting those tendons, ligaments, and all that used to that kind of that kind of rigor on their arm each each season. So now, Justin, you know, though you got to admit, though, um, I mean, let's talk even 15 years ago. You know, we were oohed and awed by the 98-99 on the gun. You got somebody like Araldus Chapman who just hit 105 on the gun the other night. So, you know, we've got guys throwing harder now than we did before. And, again, uh, that is the regular argument that I hear. And for me, okay, I understand that. But whether you're 5'10 and no muscle or you're 6'4 and plenty of muscle, Throwing as hard as you can is throwing as hard as you can. You know, throwing your arm to full exertion to the extent of that's as fast right. as I can do it is as fast as I can do it, whether you're muscle muscular or not. So that's that's where I just, you know, and, yes, he's and throwing 105 and he's bigger because he's throwing 105, but that's not to say he's using any more exertion on his arm and his body then somebody at five foot ten and that hasn't really worked out and can only throw the ball eighty miles an hour. That's that's just the way I see that argument. But all right, we got to keep going. And we, the biggest one, because this is the one that's got me. You know, everybody's heard of Tommy John. Everybody's used to that. But this is the newest one. You know, I always like to look for the new injuries, new things, what's going on. And here's a good one, um, folks. New York Mets pitcher, right-hander, Matt Harvey, thoracic outlet syndrome. What the heck is that, and how do they <laughs> fix it? I mean, oh, I, thoracic outlet syndrome. That doesn't sound good. I mean, that just – I'd rather have Tommy John, it sounds like. Tommy John, yeah, yeah, everybody's had it. No big deal. Thoracic outlet syndrome. It just – oh, my God. Which one? So, Sarah, what is it, and how do, do can they fix it? Do they fix it? What's up? Yeah, so thoracic outlet syndrome, uh, you really need to pull up your uh, Google anatomy on this one. Uh, the base of the neck going into the collarbone, into the shoulder, you have very large vessels, uh, artery, vein, and then you have a whole bunch of nerves called the brachial plexus. Okay. Um, the most, there are three types of, we could spend all day on this. There's three types of thoracic outlet, arterial, meaning the artery is getting blocked, okay. venous, which means the vein is getting blocked and neurogenic, which means the nerves are getting compressed. Easy enough to understand, even for me. Go ahead. Right. So the two rare ones are the arterial and the venous, about 1% and 5% of the population respectively. Okay. Um, the, um, Neurogenic one is about 90%. Okay. Um, so when the nerves are compressed, you're going to get some numbness and tingling in the arm. The other thing is, is that you could nerves also innervate the muscles or feed into the muscles. So if you can't, if the nerve is blocked, the muscle can actually start to atrophy or uh, get weaker okay. over time. Right. Right. So, my guess is that this guy had the neurogenic type. He started to have some numbness and tingling, and they have done some nerve conduction studies to see what is going on. A nerve conduction study will tell you 
Is it something that's blocking the nerve right at that point where you're having the numbness or is it something bad like in your neck, um, which thoracic outlet syndrome is up in that area. Um, Most times you're going to, the people who are going to get it are people doing very repetitive motions, such as stitching, um, any, a lot of overhead movement uh, and, or if you have any kind of traumatic injury like whiplash where you stretch, overstretch the nerve uh, roots in that area. Now, hold on. I'm, I'm sorry. Let me just ask you one question. Matt Harvey happens to be a pretty big guy. He's 6'4", about two, uh, 15, 220. Uh, does that have anything to do with it? Does if that... his shoulder muscles, if he's really jacked, bodybuilders can get it too because the muscles get so big to where they start compressing that area as well. So if he's a really buff guy, um, tell him to call me, but you know, um, that could be, uh, contributing it to, uh, to it too. Okay. Well, and now, uh, JD, did you, uh, have a question on that one that you wanted to ask Sarah about that? Well, on, on Matt Harvey, I mean, the guy just came off of Tommy John. He, you know, missed what 2014 due to Tommy John surgery. And, you know, now he's dealing with this, um, is, you know, with the combination of the two or one or the other, do you see something like that as a lingering career-threatening type of thing? Okay, so usually the recovery, um, you know, after you decompress that area, usually the decompression uh, involves taking out the first rib to give uh, more space or cutting some of the muscles in that area. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. A rib? Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. Uh, you know a... what? I've made millions, folks. Nobody's taking a rib. I don't need to throw a baseball that much if I'm Harvey. Yeah. I'm keeping my rib. Uh, but it's rare. Um, but like I said, uh, usually if that was just the main problem, it's a 91 to 93% recovery time. But like I was telling Jester before, if this nerve damage has gotten to a point where there's significant atrophy in the muscle or there's significant uh, paresthesias or what we call, um, or numbness and tingling in the hand or, uh, or anything like that, then that may take a while to recover from. I'm guessing he's been on top of this for a while. So I'm sure there's no atrophy of the muscle. Um, going back to the Tommy John surgery, the numbness and tingling you would get from the Tommy John surgery would be more on your funny bone nerve, which is your ulnar nerve, which is, uh, when you hit your funny bone, you get that zinger up in your pinky and your ring finger. So he would have Mm -hmm. numbness and tingling there more with the thoracic outlet syndrome. You're going to have it more in the thoracic distribution. So that's going to be more upper arm or shoulder region, but could it radiate down further into the arm shore, depending on how severe it was. Wow. Uh, well, there you go, folks. Shame I mean, on that guy. Yeah, you know, fantastic picture. First elbow, now this. Uh, and, uh, you know, it has to be, you know, even though Sarah says that, you know, 91, 93% return rate, you still have to be wary with this guy. If you're a fantasy, right. fantasy sports player and you've got a dynasty league, I mean, you know, he's shot for the rest of the season, obviously. Yeah, trade him for the rest of the season. That's what I would recommend. But I'd be really, <laughs> really weary of how quick he would come back. Um, even if it was just a matter of taking that first rib out, it was just a matter of the tissue healing. We don't know how severe this was before. I mean, this is a pretty uncommon thing. Um, so it must have gotten to a point where it was severe enough to even think about it. Right, right. Well, 
And that, that's it. I mean, you, you heard it here, folks, from Sarah. Sarah, thanks so much uh, for joining us, for shedding some light on, you know, I mean, there's a new one for you, thoracic outlet syndrome. Thanks so much for joining no us, problem. Sarah. We look forward to having you on again throughout the uh, season. And then also we've got upcoming football season, so we'll have a whole plethora of injuries for you. Sounds good. Go Gators. Go Gators. There you go, folks. Sarah Kelly, PA, joining us here on the Fantasy Jester Show and the number one reason why Matthew Berry will not take my tweets. And we're going to get into Matthew Berry in a a little bit as uh, Sarah is leaving the studio. We want to thank her. And uh, just real quick, before we go into commercial here, uh, there's a report right now. Uh, I just was reading the Twitter feed, and it says that Chris Sale has been held out of tonight's game because he went ape shit in the locker room, folks. It turns out he didn't want to wear the throwback jerseys, so he cut the jerseys up so that no one could wear them. And uh, wow, I like that. That takes a set. You know, you gotta you gotta have a pair on you to go in there and say, I don't wanna wear this shit and then go cut everybody's jersey so nobody can wear it. I like you know what? You know, I want that man on the Yankees. I like him. You know, I will tell you, it, it it reminds me of that part of Major League where Rick Vaughn's out there without sleeves and Lou Brown says to him, You know, son, we wear caps and sleeves at this level. You know, it's just that's what I picture when I picture them putting on them uniforms tonight. I think that is just absolutely fantastic. <laughs> that is just great. There's news for you as it's happening, folks. And right now, we've got to pay a couple bills. Hi, folks. Fantasy Jester here to talk about breadfromyourbed.com. And I am with Ethan, the son of the owner, Joey from breadfromyourbed.com. Say hello, Ethan. Hello. And how old are you? Four. Okay, Ethan. Thanks. Uh, We'll get back to you in one minute. And here's a little bit about BreadFromYourBed.com. They're both a business services website and a personal finance blog. They discuss ways for people to make extra money from home, and they offer a wide variety of services for your businesses. If you need more traffic for your website, if you need social media management or marketing, if you need a website built, or if you just want to make some extra money online, these are the guys to do it. They have worked and provided results for clients ranging from small to big, and will show you some of those results, including the statistics and the numbers. I highly encourage you to check them out if you're looking for help for your business to grow, or you're looking to learn how to make some extra money from home. Ethan, where should people go if they're looking for a website? Headfromthebed.com And where should people go if they're looking for social media management? Headfromthebed.com and where should people go if they're looking to make some extra money? Bedfromthebed.com. And where should people go to get help starting a business? Bedfromthebed.com. All right. And if uh, they want to work from home, where should people go? Um, Bedfromthebed.com. All right, Ethan. One more time, let me ask you. If they want to spend more time with their kids, where should parents go? Um, BreadFromYourBed.com That's right, folks. BreadFromYourBed.com Ah, there it is. I absolutely, that is, you know, we've got a couple commercials, and I absolutely uh, love that one there. That is is one of my favorites. 
breadfromyourbed.com. I mean, where else would you go? I just love it. Absolutely fantastic. You know, folks, we talk about what's coming, and over the short time, and I want to, we have a little celebration going on here. Uh, I've tried to keep it as low as possible in the background, what's going on here. Uh, Remember one thing. I understand we have a JT's got a bunch of followers. Uh, I'm I'm at almost ten thousand followers on Twitter right now. I'm at about seventy five, almost eight thousand followers, and we are talking about we launched FantasyJesterSports.com. We launched that approximately three months ago to the day. We launched it on April twentieth. And right now, I can't even begin to tell you, we get a ton of visits on the site. Right now, we're good for anywhere between eight and 10,000 visits to our website every day. This is, this is coming up quick, folks. If, if you have, have friends out there that like sports, that like fantasy sports, start introducing them to FantasyJesterSports.com and these shows, all three shows, there's a reason why we've got so many visits. There's a reason why I have almost 10,000 followers in such a short time. And that's because JT and I and the rest of the gang at Fantasy Jester really work to bring you the best. And over this time, we have told you that certain things would happen, how we would grow, what we would bring you. We brought you 888.com. Any gambling that you want to do, go there right through the Fantasy Jester site. Right now, if you sign up through um, PayPal, get $30 back. We have sports memorabilia. We told you we'd be bringing that. We told you we'd be bringing apparel. We have Reebok. We have NHL store, NBA, NHL, NFL. We told you that would be happening. We told you the Jester Swag page would be happening. What do we have? Jester Swag. You can click on that. You want a Jester coffee mug, bumper sticker? How about a whiskey flask? There's so many gifts that you can go ahead and get your sports lover. And isn't it great that as you buy your sports lover a gift, you can give back? That's right, because everything on the Fantasy Jester Swag page portion of that goes to make a wish of North Central Florida. You can't think of a better reason and a better charity in my eyes. That's why I love backing them than make a wish, making a young child's wish come true. I can't, I, I, the children are the innocence of the world. That's what we're here for is for the children, folks. So I can't think of a better one. And now, I told you that we'd be starting an auction. We'd be getting items to auction. Well, I'm happy to announce that as of yesterday, we now have an eBay page that we're going to start loading items in this week. Those items, we've already mentioned the one, is Reggie Jackson signed Sports Illustrated from 1980. Picture of him, and on the front it's saying, go, going. Going, going, gone. You'll be able to see this on the Fantasy Jester page this week. And it's signed Reggie Jackson, Mr. October. And now I'm really happy to announce our newest items 
on eBay. We'll be on there this week. I am so excited, and I want to thank the Miami Marlins for stepping up. They're going to donate signed autographed baseballs for the Fantasy Jester swag page for Make-A-Wish Foundation. I want to thank the Miami Marlins class organization from the bottom of my heart. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the donation. God bless. Next up, folks, we've got YouTube. I just signed up. We're going to go ahead and start bringing you videos. A couple maybe in in the studio as I'm broadcasting videos. A little bit of everything kind of videos. Keep your eye out for that. We're going to have the ebook, Fantasy Sports How to Ebook by the Fantasy Jester. Stop it. Get out of here. That's going to be fantastic. You're going to want to see that. Help your fantasy game. And then also, folks, I'm going to rally the troops. It's time. And right now, today, I make the announcement. I have drafted a letter. I'm going to be sending it out this week to Matthew Berry, officially challenging him, me and four of my friends against him and four of his friends. Everybody put up $100 in a football league. The winner donates their winnings to charity. Can't think of a better reason to get into this. But I want to challenge Matthew Berry. It's time for Matthew Berry to step up and play the fantasy jester. Let's see just how good he really is. That'll be going out this week. We also have, (laughs) and the last thing, the fantasy jester app coming out shortly, folks. Again, we keep growing. We're new. We're very new. But we are some bright stars on the horizon. Let me tell you, folks, this is happening fast. It's growing fast. It feels like it's going at light speed. FantasyJesterSports.com, Fantasy Jester Show, The Gridiron Guys, and FXE Live. Keep paying attention. Watch us grow. And here's why. As I get ready to bring JT back into the show, okay, one of the things, we've been bringing you some Phenomenal guests. If you haven't listened to some of our intros, you know, as we get ready to talk about wrestling, remember, we do a wrestling show, folks, and this is the intro to it. This is Byron Saxton from WWE, and you are listening to FXE Live. That's right. That's right. This is this is what we're bringing you, folks. This is this is the type of shows that we're bringing you. Our wrestling show. I mean, can you get much better? And I'm going to ask JT in a second. I hear him on the line. Uh, if there's anything better than a WWE current commentator, I mean, it doesn't get much better than that, does it, JT? Than having Byron Saxton doing your intro? No, that's pretty cool having him on there. So, absolutely. Yeah, he's a great guy. Absolutely love him. Uh, absolutely fantastic guy to talk to. And uh, I'm going to actually reach out to him and see if I can uh, get him on the show. Maybe the next time he's down here, he lives in Florida, so the next time he's down here, I'll, I'll grab a hold of him. But um, 
you know, Joey Cage, resident writer for the Fantasy Jester Sports.com page, and um, he's recently uh, put up an article, his predictions. JT and I have had an opportunity to take a look at it. It's his predictions for Battleground. And, you know, the first one, the Intercontinental title, Miz versus Darren Young. Um, Joey has the Miz. And I I don't know. Can you see Darren Young really getting the push already? I I can't see him getting a push that quick. No, I don't. I don't either. Um, and it, a lot of it has to do with what I talked about on FXE. That it's yeah you know, the interest of you have a Raw guy challenging a SmackDown guy for the IC title, and vice versa, a SmackDown guy challenging the Raw guy for the US title in Ryder versus Rusev. I don't see them letting. Uh, Raw have both belts because there's no way Ryder beats Rusev. Let's be honest. They're they're building Rusev up to be a monster uh, right. for much bigger matches. I agree completely with what Joey Cage is saying there. So I don't see them letting both belts be on Raw to me, which basically says Miz wins this by default. Kind of like the Daniel Bryan comment when they drafted him. I hate to do this, but we need the belt. I draft the Miz. Yeah, I think there's a ringing endorsement, huh? It really is. Oh, my God. That was terrible. But, you know, and it's, folks, JT just alluded to it. I I need to point it out real quick. Uh, The most recent, and if you go onto fantasyjustasports.com and you click on radio shows, it has the most recent archived uh, radio shows on the page. And then a whole other area you can click for all our shows. But right now, uh, if you go there, you can listen to the most recent FXE, and that was a phenomenal uh, job. I, I listened to the broadcast, and I listened to it twice, actually. And I don't normally do that, folks. I'll listen to the broadcast once after we've done it, and it's archived. I listen to it. I do my own critique, like Siskel and Ebert, about my own damn show uh, to see. Yeah, I do. I mean, and you know I do. And that's why we work so hard at getting this at getting this perfect. Now, the thing is this though, you know, FXE and this show here, and I've I got to be honest with you, I have completely lost where I was going with that train of thought. (laughs) You were talking about the archive shows. The archive show, yeah, you can go listen to it. It was about the yeah, and it was about your comments that you had made about the uh, the belts and the splitting of the divisions and how it's going back and forth. Now, as we get into the rest of this pick, I, I also have a question about that and how it's going to balance out after the show. Who has titles on what side? Uh, because the biggest one, uh, we'll save that for last, is that triple threat match. But right. before we get to that, now, we've got Becky Lynch versus Natalia. Why? I mean, is there anybody other than Becky? I mean, to me, it just seems like this one here is as well as, you know, pretty much a no-brainer. Uh, Becky Lynch should win. Am I wrong? Joey Cage has Becky Lynch, too. I mean, it just seems like. You would, you know, you would think Becky Lynch would win this. And a lot of times that's where uh, Vincent Kennedy McMahon likes to uh, mess with his WWE universe and pull a fast one. 
But I will say there's an interesting parallel if you look at this. When you look at Natalia, she kind of reminds me of coincidentally a guy that her husband had the tag team belt with in Cesaro. A person that they, they start pushing a little bit, they start pushing a little bit, and they pull the rug out from under them unceremoniously every single time. Um, how can you take Natalia serious when one of her gimmicks two years ago was when she had a flatulence problem? Yeah. You know, yeah. on the show. How can you take that person seriously? And I think they realized they booked her wrong. What a shock. And, uh, yeah, I agree with you. Becky Lynch in a squash. I think Natalia, on, unfortunately for her, is on her way. She's she's descending, not ascending. Is uh, Okay, let me ask you. Is Natalia... Um, the female Jericho, she'll just help put anybody over. She seems like a hell of a team player. Uh, she really does. Um, you know, it, it really looks like that. I think Jericho has no problem doing it though, because he's reached the top. I mean, you know, the first undisputed champion, the night he beat the rock and stone cold in the same night. So, you know, at least he's achieved something. I mean, Natalia, it just doesn't seem like they've, they've ever let her grab that brass ring. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And now moving to that match that you had mentioned, I mean, and uh, the Rusev-Zack Ryder for the U.S. It's a shame, too. If Zack Ryder was going against The Miz, I think you'd see Zack Ryder win that title. But the fact that he's going against Rusev and the push it looks like they're doing for Rusev, I just don't think this poor guy has a chance. Yeah, and I've mentioned before, too, about Rusev and, and, and the push. I think that he's getting that push because maybe more than any other time, he seems like he's a little bit more serious. Uh, I, I like some of what he's been doing, and it also seems like he's been working at getting a little bit more in shape than he used to be. He used to have a little bit of right. a gut there. And, you know, I mentioned this once before, and as I'm watching him now, he definitely looks a, a lot better than he's been. So, you know, I, I guess they're rewarding him for the work uh, that he puts in, you know. and uh, Puts in, and I mean, let, let's be honest, they call, they call him the super athlete. That's not a stretch if you've seen this guy do, you know, in action. The guy is an amazing athlete. I would say for his size he is, I don't care what size he is, he's an amazing athlete. And it's funny, his character, to me, you know, to me reminds me of uh, back in the 90s, like Sid Vicious. A guy that was just abs- all business, just come out, didn't care what he said or who he did it to, stomp you in the ground, and then be done with you. I mean, this guy's all business. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's fantastic. I love watching him, and uh, it doesn't hurt that he brings out Lana with him. So. No, Lana helps a little bit. I'm not complaining. New Day versus the Wyatts, and this really just, New Day versus the Wyatt family. And as the Wyatt family has been split up now between brands. Do you really think they're going to have the belt? Exactly. Oh, we nailed yeah. that as well. It's kind of, it's kind of a no-brainer about New Day winning, but it's, it's you know, how. And Joey brings up uh, in his article, and folks, again, it's on fantasyjestersports.com. Joey has a, a ready to Good comment about, is this where maybe Braun Strowman turns on Bray? That would be, that, that would be an interesting turn of events where he turns on Bray and costs them 
the match against New Day. Uh, well, yeah, that seems if like you look a likely at, scenario. That's a good one, but well, yeah, and that looks like an old Eric Bischoff back when they first did the Raw, where you have Eric Rowan and Bray Wyatt, who are SmackDown Live roster members, and you've got Braun Strowman, who's a Raw roster member. So that's a perfect scenario for him to then basically uh, turn on one show and the family as a complete split up. Yeah. Uh, and go, you know, to prove himself to the other show. Far be it from Stephen McMahon basically planting a bug in his ear, you know, saying, hey, you know, you do this, this, and this for me, you know, something will come your way. So, yeah, I totally, I can totally see that happening. Uh, what do you think, uh, what do you think their intentions are? Uh, I, I'm sorry, I know, I didn't bring this one up in the production meeting, but here, uh, this one's not hard, it's an opinion more than anything. What do you think their intentions are with Bray Wyatt? Where Where are they going with him now? Well, you know, I've, I saw an interview with Stephanie McMahon, uh, who knows whether she was in character or not when she gave this, but uh, a few weeks ago, basically saying that she feels that Bray Wyatt can be a top-tier talent, um, but they need to do something to legitimize him more as a singles competitor. And that's, it looks like that's exactly what they're doing. They're breaking up the Wyatt family, going to put him out there on his own. And, um, you know, the crowd's behind him. I mean, I was at WrestleMania. You had 90,000 cameras, you know, lights up when the guy came out. So oh, he's yeah. got the crowd already. And he's got the, the mic ability is amazing. I think if he hones his wrestling ability, the guy could definitely be a player. I couldn't agree with you more. He knows how to get the crowd going. Great Mike guy. A little bit more on his, on the wrestling. And uh, I, I think, uh, you know, again, you're looking at a guy. Yeah, he's going to be he's going to be causing problems in, in, in a couple. Uh, I, but not real soon. I'm, I'm not saying for a couple no. months yet. Okay. No, I think they're going to build this one like slow. Survivor Series time, November. And you know what's something funny is, uh, if you remember when NXT was just a TV show, uh, mm-hmm. Husky Harris, who is now Bray Wyatt, was a competitor on that show with Daniel Bryan, Wade Barrett, and and a few others. And that guy couldn't that guy couldn't talk on the mic to save his life. He couldn't cut a promo to, to save it. And look at it now. So I guess my point being, you know, the guy obviously can work, learn, and, and adapt. So one of the things now, uh, as we continue to move on, because uh, we're going to be coming up, we're coming up with 10 minutes away, folks, 10 minutes away from Jenna Hurt joining us, skateboarder, right. entrepreneur, trailblazer. Can't wait to have her on. So want to continue going through this uh with the WWE because that is a guest. I want every minute that I can possibly get of this young lady's time. Absolutely fantastic story for you young girls out there. And if you have a young girl that you want to hear some inspiration, want to be able to empower a young girl that you know in your life, go call them, go text them, go Facebook message them, Go tweet them, go Instagram, go send out a carrier pigeon. I don't care. This is going to be an interview that you're going to want every young lady out there to listen to. Okay, back to the what we're talking about. Speaking of ladies, 
Charlotte versus Dana Brooke. Uh, I mean, Charlotte and Dana Brooke versus Sasha Banks and the mystery guest. And I am telling you, folks, remember you heard it through the Fantasy Jester. I said it on FXC Live. I'm saying it again. That mystery guest is the one and only Bailey. You heard it here They have been wrestling in-house shows as a tag team for a little over a month now. And right now, over the past couple of weeks, Sasha Banks is wearing the sunglasses that Bailey was using for about a month, about a month ago. I have the pictures of Bailey wearing those glasses as a regular, pictures I've taken personally. And that night, I was there when she handed them to Sasha Banks, and Sasha Banks has been using them since. This is your insider information. There is, it is Sasha Banks and Bailey. Now, Joey Cage, and this is where I want to go with you, JT, is you've heard my prediction on the Bailey, and especially mm-hmm. because they've been wrestling in-house shows for a month now, so they've had right. a chance to work on things. Joey Cage is throwing out there Nikki Bella, or it could be Jax, or Bailey. So, I mean, um, of the three, Nikki Bella, Jax, or Bailey, who are you thinking that it could be? I think Bailey would be the one that would make the most sense, uh, unless WWE Creative decides to pull a fast one at the end for a little pop and crowd surprise with all the news that Nikki Bella was cleared and a good way to get her back right into the fray. But if I'm not mistaken, at this point, she's a free agent as far as the uh, rosters go. So Correct. I'm going to, yeah, I'm, I, you know, those two make the most sense. I don't see Jax being involved in this. I just don't think she's ready for this level yet. We're talking about the two people that are going to be fighting out for the title here shortly. So I'm going to, I'm going to say that I agree with your call on Bailey. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I would say, though, Sasha Banks, no matter who she's with, I agree with Joey, they need her to win. Yeah, uh, Sasha Banks wins, and that's going to set up the uh, one-on-one where Sasha and uh, Charlotte will meet at SummerSlam. And uh, I think Sasha could beat her. I think Sasha might beat her. I think that's going to be a good one, folks. At least I think it is. Yes, it Uh, will. But... No, I like I said, I, I don't think uh, I, I think I've been fortunate to be able to catch uh, a lot of those house shows because they were here in Florida when um, Bailey and Sasha were working together, and I think that's mm-hmm. why I'm fortunate to have that little tidbit for everybody. <laughs> Moving along, Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens, and uh, you know, once again, and it seems like you know. They're going to wrestle now, uh, and they're going to wrestle, I'm going to tell you, they'll probably uh, have their final match once more again at SummerSlam. But uh, Joey Cage is taking Sami Zayn over Kevin Owens, saying that, you know, Zayn needs the win more than Owens. Do you agree? I would agree he needs the win. But like I was saying on Wednesday, the idea of having these two both double choke slam and laying at Kane's feet when Kane doesn't even have a match here at this show really hurt uh, my interest level in this match and honestly my interest level in these two going forward. So I would agree though if you had to, if I have to pick a winner, Zane has to have this win or they 
they picked him too high for him to lose yet again. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Does it seem like, I mean, that they started pushing Zane, they started pushing oh, and then pulled back? Exactly. I mean, That's exactly what it looks like. It's like, you know, all of a sudden, Sami Zayn, Sami Zayn, Sami Zayn, everybody talking about Sami Zayn, and Kevin Owens, yeah, oh, Kevin Owens winning this, that. Okay, yeah, big guy, he can do all these moves and all this stuff. And, and they're both coming and now they're both losing on a regular basis and getting slammed by nobody. And not that he's a nobody, but nobody as far as relevant to a future storyline, I thought. Right. Right. I, I it, it, it seems that way exactly. It's, and it's like we've talked about with someone like Cesaro. It just seems like they start pushing these guys. You start watching them. You start seeing them in the main storylines. And next thing you know, they're losing to – Kalisto or, you know, this person or that person. And it's like, really? You know, okay. So, yeah, again, another uh, head scratcher by WWE Creative. Yeah, I don't don't understand what they're doing with those guys. You know, either push them or don't. And uh, maybe there's a change of plans. You know, you never know what goes on, too, behind behind the curtain. Never never know what goes on back there. So, could be interesting. Great, powerful odds. Cena, Enzo, and Cass. I see a cup of Aiden. Mm. You're about to see another one. And Styles. Hmm. Cena and Styles are probably going to meet at SummerSlam anyway. Mm-hmm. This seems like the push for Enzo and Cass to, that they want to give them as a tag team. You know, this is a nice push. They They go ahead. Cena wins here. And Enzo and Cass, that's a it's a nice, nice push for them. And they deserve it. The crowd loves them. Right. The crowd loves Enzo, okay? And Big Cass. Oh, absolutely. I'm telling you, ever since that night when Enzo got hurt, it seems like you're seeing a different Cass out there. He just seems so much better. Uh, and, and, you know, he doesn't talk – I've heard him speak in person. He doesn't talk like the moron that they have him speaking like in the ring, okay, because they have him talking like he's real dumb. Well, you know you and can't teach that. And you just can't teach that. Yeah, and that's the thing, though, is here's, here's my problem with that is A, besides the fact that he doesn't talk like that in person, I feel that because Enzo's such a character, you don't need him to play that kind of role where he's just the big dumb no. guy. Right, right. I think you take but away from like, the tag team. It sounds like, though, you're, this is actually the first prediction I disagree with Joey Cage on. Okay. Why? Um, I see... I see – I don't see a clean finish in this in any way, shape, or form. Uh, You know, you've got Styles in the club basically saying, hey, it doesn't matter if we're on two shows now. The club's still strong as ever, and we're together. I see a Finn Balor introduction somewhere around here. This is about the time where they start that storyline. I just see a a dirty win, a dirty win where Cena gets pinned, not in zone cast, setting up even bigger match or feud for uh, SummerSlam. 
So I'm actually going to pick the club on this. Wow. Really? Yeah. All right. That that'll be good, folks. There's there's a little uh, monkey wrench because uh, no, I I can't. I don't see them needing to win. So, um, and they've when been kind of pushing ever done what they needed to do. Yeah, they've been pushing Enzo and Cass. Okay, and real quick, uh, the last one so that we can go ahead and uh, get Jenna in on here is uh, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose. Who do you have? Who comes out of this with the belt? I still have Ambrose walking away with that title. Um, to me, Ambrose wins this, pins a, a Rollins, uh, not Rollins, pins Reigns. Uh, it'll put him that much farther over with the crowd than he already is. Uh, but I think that also then lets Raw set up a Rollins-Reigns match at SummerSlam for their created Raw championship. Without a doubt. Now, uh, I've got it. I've got Ambrose winning, and I've got him beating Reigns. That's your welcome back after your suspension. He wrestled right. actually uh, last night uh, here in Ocala and uh, to get back from a suspension, get to work out the kinks and get back in the ring. But I can see Ambrose beating Reigns, okay? Uh, Rollins, you know, feeling cheated because it was the three men and right. all that. And, uh, you know, that whole thing. And I also just think that SmackDown can't give up that title yet. They need, they need that title. Completely. They need that title on that show. Um, but Joey's got Seth Rollins. So uh, it's going to be interesting, folks. That is our coverage. That's Battleground. Tomorrow night, WWE pay-per-view or the WWE Network. Uh, you can sign up for free. First 30 days is free. Go sign up now. You can pay attention to it and know what the hell we're talking about. If you're not paying attention to wrestling, then you're not going to like the FXE show on Wednesdays. <laughs> all right, folks. No, no. they're not. No, they're gonna, not going to like that one at all. All right, folks, before we bring in, and like I said, tonight we have Jenna Hurt with us, skateboarder, entrepreneur, trailblazer. That is, there's no better way to put it. Jenna shares her amazing stories and travels all over the world as she's bringing skateboarding to young girls in areas you'd never, ever imagine. Folks, this is what one woman can do. If you have a passion, you can change how people live, how they do things, Bring them stuff that they've never had in their life. You can bring it to them all over the world. Folks, I'm getting ready to go into commercial real quick. We're going to pay some bills. When we come back, Jenna Hurt, go get a young lady. You want to empower somebody. You want to show young ladies out there that they can do whatever they set their mind to. Call them, text them, tweet them, Facebook message them. Get them on the air next. We're going to have Jenna Hurt. Hi, folks. It's Barbara here for Deep Obsession Charters. Whether you live in the beautiful West Palm Beach area or you're planning on visiting the Sunshine State and you love to dive, you have to contact South Florida's premier dive operators, Deep Obsession Dive Charters, out of the West Palm Beach area. They are a full-service dive operation. They've got everything from equipment sales and rentals, and they're also a PADI-certified dive center, and they offer certifications from beginning all the way to pro. 
Deep Obsession offers wreck dives, reef dives, night dives, and dives to the beautiful Blue Heron Bridge, which was voted one of the world's best macro dive sites. But their best adventure, I believe, is their baited shark dives. Here you will be educated on the importance of conservation of these beautiful endangered creatures while being up close and personal with them. It's truly an unforgettable experience, I tell you. For the best customer service in the industry, with fun and safety as a priority, you can book your next dive adventure at deepobsessioncharters.com or you can call them at 561-707-2045. You can also find Deep Obsession Charters on Facebook and Twitter or you can check out their videos on YouTube. Remember, for the best dive experience in South Florida, it's Deep Obsession Dive Charters. Dive, dive, dive. Yes, folks, Deep Obsession Charters, again, that number, 561-707-2045. One of the things that Barbara doesn't mention in there is that shark dive. Yeah, you get to be up close and personal. There's no cage. There's no cage. You know what no cage means? You're up close and personal with the shark. You know what up close and personal with the shark means? Jester is not in the water. Uh-uh. Have fun, everybody. Tell the sharks I said hello. All right, folks. Next up, I have been waiting for my next guest. I have been pumped all week. And for about two and a half hours before this show, I was pacing because it just pumps me when you can have somebody like Jenna Hurt on your radio show, skateboarder, entrepreneur, but the best one is trailblazer. When you can have somebody, and I'm getting chills. I I literally, I, I take pictures and put it on Twitter right now. I have goosebumps when I talk about this next young lady. She has traveled the world and she has changed young women's lives. I bring in my guest, JT, as always, my co-host. And now I bring in the one, the only, Jenna Hurt. Jenna, how are you tonight? <laughs> I'm doing awesome. That's a pretty good intro there. I appreciate it, Jester. <laughs> it's accurate, ma'am. It's accurate. You know, here's the thing. You know, in the world that we live in today, and it, it really is still uh, a man-driven men dominate, men make more than women uh, kind of world. Definitely. Definitely is. is. Yeah, no, it it definitely is. Let's be honest, okay? (laughs) And and it's great when women such as yourself, you are a role model, and that's why I want you on here tonight, (laughs) is because you will help. There's going to be young women out there tonight listening to you talk that are lacking some you know, confidence, some belief in themselves that they, what can they possibly do? Uh, you know, they, they're not maybe the most popular or this, that, the other, they may not be the smart. All this stuff that goes on. And listen, everybody, and it's not just <laughs> women, men, listen, uh, you know what? And if men are telling you the truth, okay, you know what? A good portion of the men out there are just as insecure about themselves, only they'll never say it, Okay. <laughs> Well, it's the truth, Jenna. It's the truth. That's true. You know? That's true. But here's the thing, okay? Listen to Jenna Hurt's story. I, I've got a couple of questions I want uh, to get All to right. Jenna. 
And, you know, because the young girls out there deserve this following story, folks. Jenna, first off, I want to ask you, <laughs> what year? Uh, it's, it's the truth. I mean, it really. All right. And at the end of this, folks, I'm telling you, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm sure maybe you're not used to, you know, maybe it's good that you start hearing what an amazing person you are. Okay, because you are lighting, you're lighting up young girls' lives all over the world. I mean, let's nice. put that in perspective. You're going to places that, and we'll get to that. Hold on. First, let me start off with this. You, you started skateboarding. What, what year did you start skateboarding, Jenna? You know, I started skating in uh, 1990, so what, about 25 years ago or so. And uh, I haven't stopped since. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, the passion for skateboarding has just grown and grown and grown and morphed and changed through the years and uh, kind of put me into the place where I am now with skateboarding, which is traveling the world and, uh, yeah, helping to bring skateboarding to different countries and different cultures and trying to change the uh, way that people, parents, and uh, kids look at this piece of wood with some wheels on it, you know? Exactly. Now, I'm going to bring in JT in a second to, you know, uh, introduce him to you. Uh, just real quick, folks, for those of you who don't know, she's very serious. And she says she hasn't stopped skateboarding. She is doing this interview from a skateboard. Is that correct? <laughs> I you, have it with me and I did skate here. Yeah, but I, I did are, have to skate to this little dank corner in the middle of Ann Arbor, Michigan, so I could uh, try to get into a quiet corner. You might hear the cars driving by, but I did. Okay, so you're not currently on a ramp somewhere. (laughs) No, 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 not at the moment. No. Okay, great. (laughs) Folks, uh, Jenna, I want to introduce my co-host, my esteemed colleague, JT. JT, Jenna Hurt. Jenna, looking forward to this interview. I'm doing good. I've heard uh, lots of good things and uh, looking forward to this. Rad. Awesome. (laughs) and and, And you're in Ann Arbor right now? Yeah, I'm in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Uh, I actually hand make my own line of jewelry for just as long as I've been skateboarding. And oh, there's the very ambulance. nice. <laughs> you can't skateboard there, Jenna. The police are coming. <laughs> please don't skateboard where the police are, please. Okay, they've got enough they've got to worry about than a skateboard. Yeah, it's about it. Jester, it's kind of funny that she would be in Ann Arbor as I'm in Columbus, Ohio at this point. Two cities that really do not like each other, but trust me, I don't represent the team that's in this city. Yeah, but you know what? Here's the truth, Jenna. Here's the truth, okay? He talks about how the cities don't like each other, and if you knew him, you wouldn't like him anyway. So it's still, it's, it makes sense. No, they really wouldn't. Yeah, that sounds about right. Esther, you really do have a face for radio. I just want you to know that. <laughs> Don't I, though? That's why you never see. I'm never going to do television with this face, this face folks. Let me tell you. Uh, l- luckily for me, I have a voice for radio and a personality to go with it. Yeah, I am the typical, oh, yeah, you have a friend. Oh, yeah, he's great. What a great personality. Oh, shit. Really? You know what you really got to have a, <laughs> for radio is a, is a body. The body goes with the radio, the face. TV, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, Lordy, I'm in trouble. <laughs> I'm in trouble. All I have is a blue beard that Heidi Widney likes. But, uh, she did like that beard. <laughs> she did like the beard. Uh, Jenna, who did you watch growing up? Who who was your who did you like uh, watching as you grew up and uh, skateboarding? 
You know, honestly, uh, I didn't even look that much for skateboarding for the pros, you know, too terribly much. It was actually just people that I grew up skateboarding with that I grew up looking up to. Um, there was, I, w- I was lucky enough to grow up in um, Daytona Beach. In uh, 1990, when I started skateboarding, I started going to this place called Stone Edge, which is actually still mm. one of the oldest privately run skateboard parks in the world, uh, along with Kona skateboard park in Jacksonville and uh, I was I was really lucky enough that Stone Edge uh, everybody that was everybody in skateboarding at the time kind of gravitated there from all over the world even but all over the states for sure and uh, there was a couple of girls that actually skated back then and they are one of them just recently got into the skateboarding hall of fame you know it's it's uh, they were both actually neck and neck yeah Jen O'Brien she uh She's she's definitely one of my skateboarding idols in a sense, you know. These girls uh, shredded, you know, and it was it was pretty epic. So, yeah, but nice. uh, so uh, I think my idols are people that I looked up to anyway. Skateboarding were just the the guys that I grew up skateboarding with, you know, the older guys that would kind of teach me the ropes. So. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, I, I, you know, I, I've looked into you as I research, did some research and everything, and I can tell you're, you know, you're very passionate about your skateboarding. Uh, what fuels that passion? You know, there's there's a lot of things that fuel it. Uh, it's it's it, it. First of all, it's super fun. You know, I mean, just um, trying to learn a trick and do it over and over and over again you know it can get frustrating but once you finally land it you know it's just like the best feeling ever and uh you know if you have your friends there with you like to witness the stoke you know that's that's makes it even better so yeah just fueling my skateboarding just traveling and meeting up with friends at skate parks around the world and you know it's it's kind of like camaraderie you know and now with feeling my skateboarding too is is traveling and you know like i said bringing it to different parts of the world third third world countries that aren't even familiar with it at all you know and uh now they got some really really rad skaters that are killing it you know and yeah now do they let me ask you you know you talk about uh going around to the different countries and you know what I've noticed and learned about you is you've raised over ten thousand dollars over the past several years uh, for skate spots all around the world. Now, what yeah, are some of true. your favorite pot? Yeah, what are what are some of your favorite projects though that you've helped on? You know, obviously you've helped on several. What are your favorite ones? Yeah, you know, one of my favorite projects was one of the last ones that I did. Um, there was, uh, there's this organization called make, make life skate life.org. You can actually, uh, check that out. And, um, they've basically, uh, raised money on GoFundMe, you know, uh, things like this and, uh, builders, skate park, skate park builders and, and skateboarders from around the world come and volunteer, you know, to build these skate spots. There's been a handful of them so far. And this last project that they did was in Ethiopia and Addis Ababa. And uh, so, yeah, we, we raised quite quite a bit of money for that one. I think maybe it got up to about over 35000 or so, and that was quite a wow. bit of money in Ethiopia to build a really, really epic park. At this point, right now, it is definitely the best park in Africa, literally in Africa. It's, it's amazing. Um, you know, just being there for – it was a three-week build, you know, and there were guys and girls – Definitely from from all over the world. Pretty much every single country was represented except Antarctica, obviously. <laughs> uh, wow. And 
yeah, we stayed in one house just a few blocks away from the build and worked pretty much day and night just, you know, at our all, all on our own schedules. But everybody was so motivated to do this for the kids there, you know, to give them a spot where they can skate at a park that's designated that's not on cobblestone and in a sketchy street in the middle of town, you know. So, yeah, it was a it was a really epic uh, experience. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to keep continuing doing things like that. But, yeah, lot, lots of money was raised for that one. You know, and I just got <laughs> done. I just got done talking about Ryan Walton and him shark diving without a cage, and I'm sitting there <laughs> thinking about people skateboarding in, in Africa, and I'm thinking of Simba <laughs> coming up behind them. You know, yeah. oh wow, look at that! Yeah. Holy shit, look at that tiger! Ah, I think he's a skateboarder. Well, skateboarder, yeah, look at that skateboarder go, though. Good thing he can skateboard, because otherwise he'd be in trouble. Funny, I'm actually headed to Zanzibar on Thursday, flying out, and uh, I'm going to do some scuba diving down there. But as well, I'll have my skateboard with me, and definitely in uh, the town, Stone Town, I think, Zanzibar, where I fly into, I'm going to definitely bring out my board and try to get some kids on it, because I don't think they've seen much uh, skateboarding in Zanzibar. It's a pretty tiny little island that's Owned by Tanzania, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, definitely no skate parks there, but uh, so that should, that yeah. should be pretty good. Pretty good time. That's going to sound like gonna, I'm <laughs> curious. What what cultural uh, boundaries have you ran into when trying to introduce this uh, overseas? Yeah, that's, that's actually a really good question. Um, well, I'll bring it, it back to me Ethiopia, too. Cause <laughs> Normally doesn't ask good questions. (laughs) We spent, you know, quite a bit of time there. It was all focused on (laughs) building this skate park in uh, Addis Ababa. And the kids that were there were actually helping with us on the build. So it was not only this team of 60, you know, they called us uh, basically like whiteies, white people, you know, it was pretty funny. Uh, (laughs) Lots of guys from Europe, you know, there was a couple of us from the United States and just all over. But anyways, so it was us and also the kids that skate in Addis, these young kids when they would go to school during the day and then after school they would come help because it was their park. You know, they were helping on their park mm-hmm. and it was something that uh, they were learning what we were doing, you know, teaching them how to tie the rebar and how to do the concrete so that when we all leave, you know, they could do the upkeep on it and stuff like this. And it's a really interesting situation, like talking to all these little kids, you know, with the language barriers, you know, but we right. all brought, uh, there's probably about a hundred full skateboard decks, you know, shoes, you know, all the gear and everything that we all brought for these kids. And the situation was culturally one thing we had to have a container, shipping container on site. It's left there now, and it's part of the skate park. Actually, the mini ramp was built up to it. And all of the gear for the kids, when they skate every day, there's a, a guy that mans that cargo shipping container with all the gear where they, huh. when they go skate, they pick up their gear so that they skate. And when they leave, they leave their gear there in the shipping container because, one, there's gangsters there that will steal this stuff from them in a heartbeat. Like I gave this one kid, this one board, this one particular situation, and he would not put the shoes on. He wouldn't carry the skateboard. He wouldn't leave this area because he kept saying gangsters, gangsters. And I didn't quite understand. And one of the local guys explained to me that he didn't want to be seen carrying it. He was scared because he didn't want somebody to take it to him. So we had to cover it up and walk it back 
and put it. It was, it was pretty. So not oh, only wow. that, but the other cultural thing. I mean, it's not really cultural, but but this was really interesting. Was that some of them couldn't bring the boards home anyways because they weren't allowed to skate. Their parents oh. didn't understand this situation. These kids ripped. I'm talking street skaters, like you know, anywhere in the world. These kids were 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 doing it, you know, but. Their parents just didn't understand enough for them to be able to have this gear or even do it. So they had to hide their skateboarding from their parents. That's definitely a cultural That's incredible. Thing, you know? You right, know, and then yeah. also in in India, an, another cultural, I uh, I was lucky enough in December to go on this all first, first ever all-girl skate tour in India where a bunch of girls uh, came from, you know, different countries around the world, maybe about 15 of us or so. And uh, we went to India to bring skateboarding to girls in India. Culturally, again, like you were saying in the beginning, uh, it's kind of frowned upon still. You know, it's, it's a really a male-dominated society still where they're, you know, still females are getting pushed off trains to this day. And I saw it there. Wow. I really did. I saw I saw a lot there, and it, it really made sense. And it, it was a lot more heartfelt going there and being able to, to teach these young girls. We had some workshops at some DIY spots, skate spots, and uh, we brought, you know, <clears throat> helmets and knee pads and elbow pads and taught these girls how to put on the gear and help them kind of push around. And these smiles were just intense, intense, you know. And uh, sure. there was also – there was also young boys there because it was a school. So the whole school class came, but the thing was it was girls first. So this was something that these young boys were seeing was the, the girls being able to do something first. And then when the girls were done, the girls showed the guys how to put on their helmet, you know? So that was a really fun thing. And to see the teachers kind of watching this go on and, it was just a really, really proud moment, you know, for, for all of us. So that was probably uh, a rush for those girls to get to do that. Oh, that must have been incredible for Yeah, 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 it it, was. Yeah, it must have just been what a rush, you know, to be for these girls to be able to do that. That must have been great. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. There's this one one girl that skates there. She's maybe, gosh, I'm guessing about 10 or so. And this was in uh, in India on the all-girl skate tour. It was the first stop in um, Kavalam, India, on the coast, a beach town. And there's a DIY spot there, so... That was where we we're at, and she's been skating for maybe about a year or so now, and uh, she's she's got it. She dropped in her first time there, and she's she's skateboarding in a traditional Indian dress, flowing in the breeze, wow. the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. Like, if anybody wants to check out the Girl Skate India tour, you can can look that up on Facebook, and then uh, also on my Instagram, it's uh, Meaningless Fads. I have a lot of really fun videos posted from from all these places and stuff. <laughs> that you can see, you know, just the smiles on these kids' faces is, is unbelievable. Well, and I have Let to ask, ask you one last question. Okay, now you mentioned it. Zanzibar. Yeah. You ever, now, do you surf as well? Uh, I surf a little bit, but not so much. Uh, Prefer the wheels I like on surfing. the ground, huh? Yeah, I like surfing behind a boat as well. It's a little bit more, uh, it's just easier to get up and you got your music <laughs> rocking and, you know, Absolutely. kind of a, yeah. <laughs> Do you yeah, uh, have snowboard? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Do snowboarding you snowboard? for sure. Yeah, yeah. I uh been a lot of fun places snowboarding. Uh I've actually been heliboarding in New Zealand actually. Oh. That's pretty okay. epic. Yeah, 10 runs, a helicopter picks you up and brings you to these different peaks, you know, up above uh along the, mm. the ridge 
uh, lines, you know, drop you off. Wow, you have cool. to wait in line. There's, there's no, uh, you know, there's just, just you in the mountain and you take your time getting down that powder and then the helicopter's down at the bottom to pick you up and takes you off to the next spot. It's, it's really epic. Yeah. That's good Where was stuff, that? So. Where was that that you did that? That was, that was, that was New Zealand. It's called the Southern Alps, actually. They call it the Southern Alps. But, uh, yeah, I've actually been in, in like the Swiss Alps too, like, uh, St. Moritz and, all those super fun places, you know. I hope Might the young ladies out there <laughs> this winter. Yeah, <laughs> I, they, I hope the young ladies out there are truly listening to Jenna and the places that she has been all over the world. And Jenna, <laughs> I mean, uh, should I? Uh, am I wrong though? I mean, you seem like the type of person that you're just not going to take anybody telling you no that you can't. Uh, is that correct? Is that the message <laughs> that we want to get out there to those girls? You know what? There is always a way to do something. And if you really believe in something and it's for good, then yeah, yeah, there's, yeah, it can be done. My <laughs> Don't question, let anybody my... tell you that it can't be done because if you know it can be done, just do it. Let me ask you, uh, you know, you, when you were talking about being an Indian and all and, you know, how they treat the women over there, how did they treat you? uh, Here you are. You're bringing bringing these women, you're bringing women over there who are already treated poorly. Now you're bringing them stuff there that I'm sure that is looked down upon. You must have been like the devil incarnate to some people (laughs) over there. You know, it's, you know, it's crazy. Is It was almost exact opposite, at, at least for the spots that I was there doing my part with um, the girls, is that there was, gosh, I don't know, maybe 10 of us at that point, you know, from, from Germany, from France, from Belgium, from India, me from the USA, Australia, Nepal, you know, and all of us in one part, one street, skating we skated down we bombed a hill basically <laughs> like maybe about two miles so it's there's all you know 10 15 of us just just following each other going as fast as possible faster than the tuk-tuks faster than the cars faster than people walking it was quite a spectacle you know so by the time we got down to the bottom of the hill there was rumors flying you know these are the skateboarding girls you know so it was it was pretty cool for the next few days walking around the little beach town, you know, uh, are you the skateboarding girls, you know, like it was, it was lots of questions, you know, there so was a buzz. That was, yeah, yeah, there was a buzz for sure. Definitely stirs everywhere, you know, so yes, it's a, is lot, there a different, difference? Lots of different feelings. Let me ask you something, Jenna. Is there a difference uh-huh. between helping the kids skate in other countries and kids in the USA? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, one thing that's obvious is the the language barrier. <laughs> you know, the, the language barrier is a big thing, but you know what? Everybody can understand just certain certain actions, you know, okay, here, put this on your head and bend your knees. You know, you do it with them. It's kind of like you're, they're mimicking your actions, you know, and you can get through it. And when you see them smile, you know, you've connected. There's no language needed, you know, when they feel that feeling. But um, yeah, the difference is definitely, I mean, kids abroad are more appreciative. I mean, hands down, kids in the States, they could get a board anytime they want. Their parents will buy them everything they want. And it's not, there's, they have so much stuff bombarding them every day with, you know, 
whatever they're doing, Pokemoning, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that, uh, you know, they, they don't have much focus, as much focus as kids abroad when it's the only thing now that they have that they can do. You bring them a skateboard and here's a skate park. They can go there and they could do that, you know? So definitely a lot more um, focused attention from kids abroad. Gotcha. You know, they're really gotcha. interested, you know, and, and being a female, you know, it's, it's pretty cute. The, the boys usually tend to gravitate towards me. I uh, I actually ended up getting four different gifts in Ethiopia from these little eight to ten year olds. Like little Habtamu gave gave me this brass bracelet. I haven't taken it off, and I got I got two little brass charms from two other little kids, you know, and still wearing those. And on my right arm, I got a, a another brass bracelet. These things are not coming off, you know. From from the one girl, she's a the first little skateboarding girl there, uh, you know, Susie is her name. So she's got a fresh skateboard, you know, thanks to me, I made her a cute little skateboard with stickered hearts all over it and fun things. So, you know, they were, Jenna, uh, who gives gifts? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like in the States, We've got, like what kids, what little kids are going to give you a gift, you know? <laughs> I gotcha. I gotcha. Jenna, unfortunately we are out of time. I have 50 seconds left real quick. Do you have a Twitter right. handle? I don't, but I do Instagram if anybody wants to follow me and my adventures on there. It's uh, Meaningless Fads with a Z. And, and your uh, website for your jewelry? Wants, my website for my jewelry is tyantribe.com. And uh, also, if anybody wants to donate to my latest project, too, we're helping get uh, kids skateboards uh, to Amon Jordan. It's a GoFundMe called Boards Without Borders. So there you go. Nice. Thank you, Jenna, so much. Folks, we have 20 thank seconds. You, yep. I've got to rush this. Jenna, Appreciate thanks so it, much. We look forward to having you on again. Folks, I'll have more Great information time. on Jenna and how to reach her, her jewelry, her GoFundMe. Folks, this has been the Fantasy Jester Show. What an action pack. I am out of time. <laughs> this has been the Fantasy Jester. I am out of here. Thank you. Jenna, great job. 